It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to episode 71 of the Redirect Podcast. It is Wednesday, August 14th, 2019, as of this recording. I'm Jason Dodge, the founder of Black Truck Media and Marketing. In this episode, we shift gears slightly away from our usual format of discussing industry news and trends in favor of a guest. Our guest in this episode needs little introduction by most, as it's none other than Rand Fishkin. I sit down with Rand for a candid conversation regarding not only Google's dominance as a search player and refer of traffic to many brands, but also their disruption in the web. And they're favoring their own properties over others, given the rise in zero-click searches, and really, what does this mean for digital marketers in the future? So join me and Rand as we dive into the world of zero-click searches. Well, welcome, Rand. Welcome to the Redirect Podcast. Thanks so much for being our guest today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jason. Yeah, yeah. So, um, hey, real quick, I wanted to take a minute, um, you know, kind of maybe reintroduce you. Most people, I, I don't think your name is a stranger to to most of us in the SEO community, but those who are not. So uh, founder of the SEO software company known as Moz, uh, now on to uh, Spark Toro, and, and definitely uh, author of actually multiple books, your latest, uh, Lost and Founder. Um, so please, by all means, share a little bit about uh, what you've been up to lately. Just kind of, uh, I think that would be super helpful. Sure, yeah. So, um well, let's see. I have spent a good uh, good amount of time giving Google a hard time. Right. <laughs> lately. <laughs> yes, lately. Um, and that's been that's been loads of fun. Uh, I also have been working very hard on this this new company, Spark Toro. Uh, Casey and I are in our beta process right now, so we have 250 folks who are sort of using our tool and playing around with it and telling us what they like and don't like, what they wish it did, and um, yeah, that's been interesting, right? Because you sort of take feedback from all these people and then try and uh, turn it into useful, actionable things, figure out what you do want to do and what you don't want to do. And um, yeah, that's been, it's been an exciting process. I think what's, what's most fun for me is I, I think it's good enough to the point where we are, we are planning a launch in a few months. So that's that, awesome. that really that's exciting. And so the main, but um, the main focus of SparkToro, it kind of this main tool that you're working on right now, what is the, what is that key element that you're really trying to do and like, what's the hole that it fills? Yeah. So it's, it's pretty simple and straightforward. Basically we are trying to help folks with uh, what we call audience intelligence, basically the, the process of doing research about your customers or a group of people that you want to reach. And right now that's insanely difficult, right? Basically, okay, uh, you know, Jason, you and I start a company and we want to reach surfers, right? Uh, Maybe we want to reach surfers in Portugal. Okay. I I don't know a whole lot about the Portuguese surf market. I don't know if you do, but uh, in order to do that, right, one of the big things that we're going to want to do before we do any any marketing is figure out um, uh, what channels they use, right? What, uh, what? YouTube videos they listen to, uh, they they watch and listen to, what podcasts they listen to, what events they go to, uh, what um, blogs and websites they read regularly, who they follow on certain social media channels, whether they're heavy into Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn. They're probably not heavy into LinkedIn. (laughs) Probably Uh, not so much. Facebook or what, what have you, right? And then what people they pay attention to there. And right now, if we wanted to do that, we would have to survey you know, a thousand surfers or interview a ton of them, right, in Portugal right. And, and then try and, you know, go through the data and hope that they were accurate in their responses. But that information is all online. It's just very difficult to aggregate, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. in, what, what SparkToro does is essentially crawls these tens of millions of um, profiles, what crawls billions of pages, but then it aggregates all these tens of millions of profiles, right? It says like, here's, okay, here's, um, you know, Joao, Portuguese name, Right. Here's Joao, the surfer on LinkedIn. Here's Joao, the surfer on Twitter. Here's uh, that person's uh, Instagram. Here's their web page. Here's their uh, professional profile. Right. Here's all their that. That's one person. Right. And so now uh, when you search for surfers, right, it'll take seventeen hundred profiles that match the query that 
that you put together and it'll aggregate them all together. Won't give you any personally identifiable information on any of them, but it'll tell you of these 1,700 surfers, uh, 30% read this Portuguese magazine about surfing. Uh, 29% follow this person on Twitter. 26% listen to this podcast. 24% uh, follow this YouTube channel, right? And so now we can start to uh, get get at all those questions that we really want. It's uh, And it, it provides a little more than that. It'll also aggregate up um, words and phrases they frequently use in their yeah. uh, social media shares and blog posts. It'll aggregate up uh, the words and phrases that appear in their bio frequently. So if we're wondering, hey, do landscapers in Seattle talk more about shrubs and landscapers in California talk more about I don't know, trees? Yep. I'm sure uh, someone who's actually doing landscape marketing <laughs> more about what they're seeking right so we can track that kind of data fascinating no that's good i mean it really gets to the point of you know understanding who your people are uh talking more with them finding the channels where you can talk to talk with them not at them i think it's yeah yeah yeah, totally right i mean a huge part of this um is kind of that that overlap in i'm trying to do customer research meets pr meets outreach marketing yep yep and and the all the all the research required for that is just so frustrating to get because, frankly, surveys are hard to run and they're inaccurate mm-hmm. and forever, right? And we thought this should be at your fingertips. You shouldn't have to survey a thousand Portuguese surfers. You should just be able to type "surfers Portugal." Agreed. Give me yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Well, cool. I, I look forward to seeing uh, kind of the outcome of that beta and uh, and and the data that comes out of it. So, congrats on the early success. All right. So kind of really the, the, the premise of this and, and really what sparked um, our discussion today and, and recording this podcast is the, the concept and growing concerns over zero click searches. So, um, so totally to your excellent point, timing. <laughs> yes. Totally to your point on, um, you know, harping on Google more than maybe we, we all normally do. But, um, you know, you've, you've mentioned on actually a couple of SparkToro blogs, uh, one recently that just launched today, um, as well as your MozCon talk, uh, touch on a lot of this, is the large amount of traffic that Google is really keeping to themselves. So um, the, the idea that Google is favoring Alphabet properties, Alphabet being the parent of, of Google, um, so Google alone sends something like 66% of all traffic, but I think it might even be more now, um, to, to websites, but what about their other properties? Why is this a concern? So just kind of like top level top, let's, let's talk a little bit about, about those stats and what this, what this really means. And it might even relate to some of the things that you published just today too. Yeah. So I basically asked the, uh, Clickstream data provider jump shot for, a bunch of information and um, SparkToro is a, is a client of theirs. We buy some of their um, traffic estimation data for our product. So, you know, when people are going through SparkToro, they can see, oh, 20% of the surfers follow this website and it gets a million visits a month or whatever it is. Yep. Uh, that, I, I think that relationship and a bunch of the research I've done before and published with them means that when I ask them for data that I'm going to publish on the blog, they're, they're very generous with it. And so they basically... For that, for that, how much traffic does Google send on average? I think I basically asked them for like, for the top 5,000 websites, tell me the percent of traffic, referring traffic that comes from, you know, all sources. And maybe it was the, sorry, top 250 sources, right? And so if you look at just Google alone, google.com web search, uh, that sends on average two-thirds, 66%, almost wow. exactly, of all the traffic to the top 5,000 websites. Wow. In the long tail of the web, right? So, you know, little tiny website that Jason and Rand just started, mm-hmm. it's probably a lot more. Okay. Like the big websites, they are the ones who are going to have more diversity in their traffic. As you go down into the tail, look at you know, small and medium businesses, bad news, right? Google is probably sending 80%, yeah. 80 plus percent. So the web, the internet is reliant on this one giant corporation for most of its traffic, right? Yeah. Most of the 
I don't think that surprises anyone in web marketing or SEO. No, I mean, it shouldn't. You know, you you don't have to dig very far in your analytics data, hopefully, <laughs> to, to realize that, you know, yeah, it's going to send the majority of your, of your certainly your organic search traffic. I mean, the market share that they have in, in air quotes, organic search, you know, well into the 95, 96%. Yeah. Huge, yeah. huge dominant uh, chunk. So, um and I think that, you know, basically the broad challenge that I'm presenting here is, so Google is the monopoly in web search. They send the overwhelming majority of web traffic, and they are now doing two things that I think are, are very challenging for business owners and web marketers. The first is they are... Um, answering more and more search queries right in the results. Mm -hmm. I think if you're a user, that tends to, that's kind of a good thing in, in some ways. Um, there's, I think the argument, the strong argument against answering queries right in the search results is sometimes the snippet that Google pulls is wrong. Yeah. More often it's incomplete, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you search for uh, something about how to repair wood decks and, Google pulls back a little answer that says, oh, yeah, you know, you should use this kind of stain. It comes from a web page. If you were to actually visit that web page, you would read a lot more about how to stain your deck and whether the type of wood that's on your deck works with the type of stain that's recommended in the top paragraph that Google happened to grab. But if you're at the hardware store and you just quickly Google it and you see it in the feature snippet, you know what? You might just go with that answer. That's right. And that might be very bad for you and your deck. Right. And your home. Totally. Could really suck. Yeah. And you can imagine this gets much worse in fields like uh, uh, medicine and, and politics and um, uh, health stuff. Right. Finances. Um, yep. there's, there's a lot of places where this information gets gets pretty frustrating. And there's really simple ones where it gets frustrating, too. You're playing a game. You look up the rules to the game. It says something right in the feature snippet. You go by that and that was wrong right if you if yeah. you just read the page you would have seen there was context around it so i think there's that challenge that's that's the first one the second one is google uh, so i i asked Trumpshot, like who does google send the most traffic to yeah like, what, what are the what's the number one website that gets the most uh the, the most traffic from google do, do you want to guess it's a pretty easy one. Uh, it, uh, their own. <laughs> no, shoot, go for it. YouTube. So it is their own property. Uh, it's like it's like it's like uh, YouTube, Google Maps, uh, um, uh, uh, images, the Play Store, yep. right? Yep. Like All Google. Uh, it's google.com, a bunch of different subdomains and subdirectories of google.com. So I, I asked them to aggregate all those all together. Uh, they get almost 6% of all searches end in a click to a Google property, uh, which since about half of Google searches are zero click, that's 12% of all clicks end in a click to a Google property. Wow. That, wow. That's incredible, right? That is just, just ludicrous that 12% of all the searches that happen, uh, all, all the search clicks that happen go to something that Google owns. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Well, so, okay. So Google as the, the concept of Google as disruptor, uh, they've been on this consistent path of disruption. I, I want to say war path. They don't feel that that's probably very proper. <laughs> um, so the past two to five years, They've gone after everything, uh, Google Flights, hotels, events. You alluded to some of that, jobs, expansions, jobs, apps, yep. features. Um, so those, as far as signals for an SEO, I guess, I guess um, w what else is on the horizon? You know, what else is on the horizon? I, I mean, I think this, I, I don't know that this is going to ever end, right? I think right. that, I think the only way that, that this probably ends is some you know, government action, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it'll, it's just going to be Google keeps entering vertical after vertical. And, you know, 10 years from now, we look back fondly at the time when Google was sending so much traffic out and, and SEO was, you know, sort of still a thing in so many verticals. Um, otherwise, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a chipping away, a percent or two at a time, right, in vertical after vertical yeah. until... We live in the walled garden that AOL imagined in 1998, <laughs> right? Essentially, where, where Google is the internet, 
Yeah, sure. And I think Google would argue, you know, Google's argument would be, is that really such a bad thing? Is it so terrible that we are, you know, we are the property that you build all your sites on? Like, we make everything really fast and accessible. We make it easy for consumers. When searchers search with us, they get exactly what they want. They find their way to your business. It just happens to be on our website. Sure. Right? Is that so bad? I don't like it. I, I don't think that's the direction we want to go. I, I think that Google is, to, to use the, the antitrust law um, <laughs> description, I think they are using their monopoly in one area, web search, to unfairly compete in every other area they enter, whether that's videos with YouTube or whether that's uh, local search with maps or whether that is hotels or flights or events or jobs or lyrics or the list goes on and on, right? Um, well, I think we've often said, and most marketers have, right? It's a it's a Google, Facebook, Amazon world. We just live in it. Like almost open close, we could say that and put Amazon as the opening chapter of that. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, and, I mean, Amazon, you know, Amazon is, uh, what are they? They're 30% of, of online commerce or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're the, they're the, um, if everybody is so focused on, um, you know, uh, advertising on Google, so Google ads, be it search or display, and then social, uh, Amazon is this third wheel that a lot of people yeah. aren't paying attention to. And they really should be paying attention to it as a way, you know, if we're looking at driving inbound traffic from paid media, it's, yeah. it's one that, um, you know, I think certain major brands are probably paying attention to, but there's a lot yeah. of uh, local brands that aren't paying attention to it at all. And that's an extreme disruption to them. Absolutely. And in physical products, right. Amazon is, uh, an incredibly powerful channel. Um, Correct. I think, you know, the, the advice that I've given marketers for the last for the last 10 years, I'm sure it's very similar to what you have, which is basically if you want to be successful on the web, you need to build up your brand's loyalty and affinity. Uh, you need to build up, build up your email list. You need to build up your direct and uh, um, bookmark traffic, right? People coming back to you again and again, uh, your branded search. Those are the things that it's extremely difficult for Amazon, Google, Facebook, whoever to take away from you. Yeah. Every other channel should just be used to supplement those. Agreed. Essentially your website and your email address and and your email list. uh, That is where you want to center all of your marketing efforts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to come back to that part about loyalty in a, in a, in just a moment. Um, I think that's extremely important and it, it touches on a couple other things I've been thinking about. So, so, okay, let's, let's kind of back up real quick. Let's assume people don't understand, okay, what the hell is it that Rand and Jason are talking about? Zero click searches, like conceptually high level, let's discuss them. It's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's featured snippets or answers, uh, video snippets, voice, voice responses, et cetera, et cetera. It's the concept that um, Google is no longer a search engine. It's an answer engine. It's, it's there to, yeah. it's, it's almost their way of building trust with its users to provide you with an, an answer as um, anecdotally yeah. as it sounds. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking about, um, you know, as zero clicks continue to grow, well, like, Outside of those things that I mentioned, are there other ones? And and why does this why does this matter to a marketer? So we'll we'll set kind of I'm I'm with you on some of the political stuff for sure. There's definitely some rumblings and happenings there. But if we set that aside, yeah. uh, you know what is? What I is think it's less market right now. It's less political and more yeah. just sort of legal. Right? Yeah, there it's, you go. Um, okay, great clarification. Yep. Yeah, the, 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 I have not seen I have not seen uh, the you know, politics from either side sort of come into play. Yeah. Uh, United States obviously being a two-party system for, for those um, folks who might not be familiar. And, and uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of disagreement. One of the, it is one of the few things that Congress seems to agree on is we want to give Facebook, Amazon, Google a hard time right now. Yeah, and, right, uh, right, right. And so right. You, know, you kind of see these, um, uh, the, the House committee, right, that, uh, convened a few weeks ago where they where they mentioned some of the studies uh, that, you know, Democrats and Republicans were very allied and aligned in their, hey, what are you doing uh, to American consumers and to American businesses? And uh, is your impact positive or negative? Are you being fair? Are you, uh, you know, treating folks correctly? 
are you violating the law in certain ways? And I think that that's kind of good. It's kind of nice to see, you know, Congress getting along and, sure, and yeah. doing, doing their job, um, yep. right. Their job being, Hey, let's, let's look out for, uh, the country's well-being and for sure. I don't know. Sure. I, I wish more discussions could be like that in the, in Congress, but yeah, that's, uh, it's not that's not where we're at <laughs> not, not where we're at yeah so yep. and, and just to be clear um for anyone who's not familiar so so there's a congressional investigation happening there are also there is also a department of justice uh investigation that was announced a couple months ago <laughs> and um the federal trade commission uh has opened an investigation specifically into amazon so yes. we're, we're in time where the legal legal and political uh, consequences for these big tech companies there are coming to a head. And I think as a web marketer, you might go like, oh man, why should I care? Why does this matter at all? Uh, but in my opinion, I think this is going to have a bigger impact on the next five to 10 years of how we all do our jobs and what those look like than artificial intelligence and machine learning, than voice search, than nearly any big trend that you can name. I think the uh, the results of these investigations is going to be uh, paramount in terms of impact on our jobs. Yeah. And, uh, and we might very frankly, we might be able to influence those positively. I will, I will tell you right now. So, and I published this, this uh, first study about zero click searches, you know, a big one back in January. Right. Yeah. Yep. And, and someone from uh, Congressman Cicciolini's office, the, the Congressman from Rhode Island who's leading up this committee, reached out to me, right? And said, Hey, oh, wow. can we, can you explain this data? Can, you know, can we, can we get your input on this? Here's what the Congressman is thinking of sending to Google. Cool. Right. Like that's, you know, that's us as an industry, that's basically, right. you know, putting together some data and, and research and then, and then having an impact. Um, I'm going to not remember his name. I think it's David, the, the, the founder of uh, celebrity net worth. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? Yep. Was, You've talked about him before. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was he was asked to testify, right? Essentially, like, hey, what happened to Celebrity Net Worth when Google Google reached out to Celebrity Net Worth, right, and said, hey, we'd like you to essentially in in an early version of schema, we'd like you to put your data in this structured format so that we can easily ingest and display it, so that when someone searches for you know whatever it is, David Hasselhoff Net Worth, <laughs> right, that, that we can display a little a nice little box and and um, and Celebrity Net Worth said no, right? They were like, this doesn't, this doesn't make sense to us as a business. We do a lot of hard work to try and figure out, you know, how much celebrities are worth. And I don't see the benefit. Like, we need the visit, right? We want people to come to the site. We want them to see a lot more context and information. We don't want to just give that to you. And what did Google do? They were like, oh, okay, too bad. We're going to scrape it anyway and put it in our results anyway, despite you saying uh, no. And then... Uh, you know, your traffic is going to tank. And by the way, we're not going to cite you for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I think that's 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 a, a, a terrible thing. And there's been multiple examples like that uh, just in the past. Yeah, the Wall Street Journal wrote about Genius.com, right? And yeah. not getting credit for the lyrics, yep. Uh, yep. which Google then changed, right? So Yeah, for sure. So this is going to continue to happen. I mean, so kind of going back to your blog post in January and the, and the jump shot data, you know, that's kind of been continuously documenting these little, these incremental growth in zero-click searches, kind of your discussion at MozCon, so yeah. less than half of these searches result in a click. Um, I guess where, where as a marketer, kind of twofold, where as a marketer do we go from there? And then I, I'd love to kind of yeah. deep dive on some things about, um, you know, really we're, we're having a conversation now because I think this is a discussion and a conversation that, that digital marketers need to start having. Um, and, yes. and, I don't, and I don't know if that was the premise originally of some of these things that you were bringing up is, you know, I immediately brought those, those back, to my team saying, guys, we, we really got to, we really got to think about this differently and, and yes, yes. that's the way in which we're talking about it and educating people. And, and I think reporting on it is extremely hard. So I'd love to talk about reporting, uh, why we want to invest in some of the things like you've talked about on SERP SEO. I mean, think uh, about, <clears throat> yeah, think about traffic as a KPI. Yes. Right? Yep. So, Traffic that we get from Google, virtually every every agency, every you know team lead, every SEO in house uh, who's 
basically trying to show their value, they show their boss, their team, their client, here's how much traffic Google sent us. Right. That is the, the, the KPI. And then they look at that month over month. And when that goes down, the assumption is you're not doing your job. Right? You're doing a worse job. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher. Themselves, preferencing, biasing to their own properties, right? Including tons and tons of features above the organic ranking so that if you, as an SDO, get to ranking number one, you might be four scrolls down the mobile page. Bingo. In, In those worlds, I think that the KPI needs to be very different. It needs to be not only traffic, but also looking at search volume mm-hmm. and whether people saw or were likely to see the information you wanted them to see, mm-hmm. right? So if you and I are running our our surf shop in Portugal and we say, hey, these are the uh, seven best beaches that we recommend that you go search, surfing on, and they appear in a list on Google's results... Is that a win for us? Is it, is it a win for us if we rank number one and we're in the featured snippet spot and we're the place where you know Google is telling people to go check out these beaches? I kind of think it is, mm-hmm. right? It probably, it probably is the win for us because the only other situation that's possible is someone else gets that spot. Yeah, correct. And I would correct. rather have, right? I would rather have our surf brand as the one that people see Right in the future, but even if they don't click it, even if only one out of ten is clicking it, one out of twenty is clicking it, mm-hmm. I would rather have our brand be associated with the trusted source of information about where to go surfing. That that is a positive for us. It, it's it's measurable in the same way that a billboard is measurable. I agree. We just have to know how many people drove by, and as a result, what kind of brand lift did we see? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that, very, very different from classic search marketing, which has always been traffic based, much more similar to brand advertising and brand marketing, which has been lift based. And we're going to have to start measuring our campaigns with this, the same way that classic old school advertisers have, because we are soon going to not be getting traffic as the point of credit when our brand is displayed. Yeah, and let's and let's be let's be very clear. Organic search is not dead by by, no, any, by no means. It's, it's probably right. just as big if not bigger than it has ever been in its Correct. history. Correct. Growing continues to grow. Uh, there's a stat like um, we've mentioned on the podcast before multiple times it's somewhere between like 15 and 18% of searches every single day are brand new to Google. Out of yeah. how many billions of searches that are done, um, you know, every yeah. every day, every right. year, whatever the whatever the number is, so call fifteen percent of those on the low end are brand new to them every day. They've zero. They've never navigated that before. Um, That's right. So, so organic search isn't dead. It's going to continuously change with every change visually to the SERPs to the search engine results pages. Um, so we're going to see impressions, you know, if you're looking at say search console data, you're going to see impressions for pages, impressions for queries growing, but then a decline in click-through rates. And And that that is what so many marketers are seeing is increase in impressions, decrease in visits. I had a, in, it kind of uses an example. I think the biggest, one of the biggest hit markets with it, and, and I've had some really great Twitter conversations about it with others is uh, the hotel hotel industry travel industry with you know Google hotels or what I call Google concierge. I mean, brutal right now, right? Brutal. And brutal. Um, the the problem is is we have SEOs who aren't talking about this concept of what we're talking about, and they we're we're in a space and time where we're going to have a lot of SEOs that are going to continue to talk about rank, 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 rank. When it really doesn't, I, I don't want to say it doesn't matter. It matters to some people, but. What we need to be looking at and, and educating people on is, is to say, okay, hotel, so you tell me your organic traffic is down 20%, but then when I ask you, how, what are your bookings like? And the response is, oh, they're fantastic. Well, the, is this really a problem? Is it really a problem that you, you lost that traffic? The answer is no. But, yeah. But reporting on it. I think the, I mean, the, the big problem, the big problem is, if they've hired you as their, you know, SEO yes. and they're blaming you for traffic loss, 
Yes. But they're not giving you credit for the fact that you may have lost the, the direct traffic, but you are doing an excellent job of bringing them conversions, right? Bookings. Correct. Correct. And, and, and I, that, that mentality has to change, right? Yeah. It has to change on the client side. It has to change on the education side for the marketer. It has to change on the education side for the, for, I mean, absolutely for agencies, Right. Yeah. So, so we're at a pivotal, we're at a pivotal moment, I think in, in the search world where we have to have these hard discussions and hard conversations, and it's probably going to require you uh, sitting in the seat as an SEO to say no to the brand you're working with, or say no to the, the C-suite exec who you're trying to explain your monthly reports to, to say, these are the changes uh, that, that are happening in Google. This is how it impacts us, et cetera, et cetera. Um, let me show you by way of visual, this is what's happening, but look at our, you know, you still have to tie it back to some sort of bottom line. Um, you know, uh, Cindy Crumb, Mobile Moxie, great example of some of the things she talked about with what she dubs as fraggles. Um, yeah. or I think you hosted inclusions. It's, it's kind of, let's call them one in the same. Um, so we know that, that, Moz as a tool will certainly report on some of the features, but not all of them. SEM Rush does the same. Uh, we know that we certainly can't rely on Search Console for 100% of our data. Mobile Moxie has a couple really great tools out, like their Serperator. But, but what's a good way to even, how do we, we so we have the conversation, how do we even report on it? Yeah, I think, uh, I think. Reporting on the SERP is probably very wise, which means you need you do need a tool like a SEMrush or Ahrefs or, or a Moz, right? Um, or on the enterprise side, something like Stat, yeah, right, to be able to to get all of this, you know, high quality SERP data. Here's where we appeared, how much, and and then you need high quality uh, uh, keyword data, right? Mm-hmm. And essentially that um, that can come from one of two sources. It comes from Google Search Console. If you like and trust those numbers, and if you want to trust but verify those numbers, uh, you can also get it from some of the reporting suites. Again, I think I think Ahrefs and Moz they they both use Jumpshot data yeah. uh, to report on keyword right. volume, right? To estimate keyword volumes, and those are those are pretty good in my experience, especially in the chunky middle and fat head of the demand curve. In the long tail, it's much harder, right? Because they only their device panel is millions of devices, not everyone's device. Yeah. Uh, so that 15 to 18% that you pointed out, that's, that's brand new searches every day. They're, they're unlikely to do a great job for you there. Uh, yeah. But you can definitely get a good impression of what is going on. And then I think, you know, looking at your impressions numbers from Google Search Console and looking at your impressions numbers from Google Ads, right? What used to be Google AdWords. So when you're bidding and you're seeing, hey, here's our impression, we know what our click-through rate on paid is like. We know our click-through rate on organic is very low, but we know there's a lot of searches for this term. Let's make sure we're in the featured snippet spot or in the jobs, you know, in Google Jobs or in Google's events or in Google Hotels or Google Flights or Google Maps or Google Images or YouTube or whatever it is that Google's displaying from Alphabet's own properties. Uh, we want to have that visibility. And you can you can play those games really well, too. So this is a this is a much more complex way of reporting, and I think that marketers are going to have to get comfortable with doing that. Yes. The ones who are good at it now, the ones who are sophisticated at it now, who can explain it well, uh, who can show a compelling example of uh, this is how this is working for us, and look, you can see the brand lift, and look, we can measure how that brand lift from being in the search results impacts people's likelihood to, to buy in the future. And look, here's how we're playing with remarketing and retargeting. Here's how we're capturing people to our email list. Here's how we're doing RLSA, remarketed list for search advertising, right? That, those folks are going to be the winners. Those yeah, are the yeah. people who are going to be, you know, they're at the cutting edge. They're not, they're not just playing the, I rank number one, so I get the most traffic, so I win. How do I rank number one for all the terms? Agreed, one hundred percent. It's it's a more integrated. It's a fully integrated approach. It's it's not uh, it's not one that a design agency is necessarily going to win or an ad agency is necessarily going to win. It's just going to be um, really the the better strategy and who can report on it and navigate it uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, it's it's funny to imagine that that reporting reporting is about to be if it isn't already 
a huge competitive advantage. Yeah, huge, huge. Um, and being able to have, um, let's just say, even say these levels of conversations where you can go from top level, hey, you can you can share this with the execs. It does a great job of explaining or it's there to, I always say the report is there to make you ask questions. Um, but then you also need to be able to facilitate that um, uh, deep in the weeds, nerds talk, but but explain it to someone who who doesn't. And it's not a it's not um, because you want to you want to feel powerful in that. It's you need to break it down and educate people on what these different components mean uh, to a brand. Right. Um, I, I think is ex- extremely important. So, okay, good good segue to you know uh, what you've done on SERP SEO. Um, how how do you define Onserp, or how do we how do we understand that you know it's that that it might be clear that we're relevant for something like a zero click search, uh, be it a featured snippet, etc. Um, how do we figure out that that's where we want to invest? Like your Mozcon talk said, hey, like I think you should invest in Onserp SEO. Yeah. Absolutely. What's the decision making process to even you know? How, okay, let's say I'm there. Like okay, I want to start to I want to start to dabble with this. I want to start to include these concepts in my strategy where do I go? What do I, how do I walk through that process? So the, uh, the, the first process is keyword research, right? It's essentially saying here are all the terms and phrases that matter to me and my business, uh, you know, my goals. The second process is aggregating those up and then saying, what are the features that appear uh, in the ones that have the most search volume? Right. The, the highest search volume tend to be not always, but tend to be the lowest click through rates. Right. And so you're looking at essentially the fat, the, the, the fat head and the chunky middle, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the, the, uh, the highest volume part of the chunky middle of the demand curve. Right. And not so much worrying about the long tail. Long tail, to your point earlier, is where you can still play classic SEO game. Right. Where, where ranking federally equals traffic because it tends to be more 10 blue link style mm-hmm. uh, uh, clicks. When you see those features, right, let's say, um, let's say YouTube is coming up over and over again, right? You see that Google's doing the video uh, uh, carousel up at the top consistently. That, is, that seems to be the thing that they are uh, surfacing for, you know, 60% of the top 50 queries that you care about in, in terms of traffic. Well, it's time to get a great YouTube channel, my friend. Right. That's that is essentially yeah. how you're going to play. You want to the, the game you're going to play now is not how do I get my organic result above the videos? It's how do I get two of the three videos to come from my channel? So you're you're almost taking a playbook out of uh, maybe I'll put my PPC marketer hat on for a minute and say when when you're going through to say, um, you know, do we need to pay to play? We have to look at it and say, well, if I'm looking at it and saying it's dominated by ads and there's no way in hell we're going to be able to compete organically, eh, we, we've got to spend a little money to if we want to dip our toes in this yeah. this pool. So very, yeah, it's, it's basically basically that for whatever features appear, right? So if the features that appear are um, the you know sort of carousel of uh, of answers, mm-hmm. right? The, the sectors like if you search for uh, I know I'll, I'll get it for like types of um, flowers, right? Yeah. Right. So if you if you search for oh types of flowers doesn't do it for me. Let's see types of okay types of frogs. There we go. So if you search <laughs> for types of frogs, you get this frog lower classifications, and then it's like you know true toads, poison dart frogs, tree frogs, yeah. pond frogs. This is a silly example because you it's unlikely someone wants to rank for this, but if you want to get your uh, your thing in there, right? You need to be mentioned by all of the authoritative, reputable sources that appear uh, in the rankings below it, right? So the reason that Google is listing true toad and poison dart frog and tree frogs is because as you scroll down the results, Britannica and Frog Life and Wikipedia and AnimalSake.com and KidZone, they, which are the top like four or five ranking websites, uh, they all mention these different species uh-huh. classification, mm-hmm. right? And and so uh, same same thing if you want to see um, you know best movies on Netflix, right? So if you want to influence that, uh, you will want to be you want your Netflix movie to be in those you know U- URLs, right? The, mentioned by the editorial team at Rotten Tomatoes, which ranks for it. Mentioned by Vulture, talked about by Complex.com, talked about by 
uh, uh, the New York Times pick, talked about by Collider, who, who wrote their best movies on Netflix right now. That, those are the people you need to influence in order to get into that panel. Yeah, and, and, and that, it's 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 interesting because I think with with some of the the uh, algorithm updates. So if we if we take the zero click searches out of the equation, but if you look at YMYL. Um, uh, yeah, health sites in particular, finance. Yeah, those that uh, certainly uh, maybe the the featured snippet or whatever it is 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 very misleading. That's Google's attempt at at saying, "Hey, we need to correct this." Now, yeah, we, so that's that's another gate, right? This is a different kind of. Uh, I'm not sure I'd call it on SERP SEO, but I might call that uh, barnacle SEO, where essentially you're saying, "Hey, my website is not viewed by Google as authoritative enough." Um, trustworthy enough to rank for these health or finance or political related searches, right? Where, where Google has this, this high trust algorithm in play. So what do I do? If I want my information out there, I need to publish my content on those websites that Google already trusts. Right. Right. In the short term, that is how you play that game. It's barnacle SEO. You get your content on their websites. Long term, you want to try and build up your trust, right? But becoming a trusted brand in the your money or your life types of queries, that is a multi-year, five to 10-year process, right? You will not become, um, you know, whatever it is, uh, Medline or um, yeah. <laughs> Mayo Clinic, Mayo Clinics, right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You're not going to become the Mayo Clinic brand yep. next year. WebMD like and things like that. Yeah. It yeah, WebMD, right? It, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But over a 10-year, you know, brand building campaign, that is possible. Yeah. And that's that's how you're going to have to play things. I've, I've been talking to a bunch of folks in the, um, well, in the health space, but also the finance space on the crypto side, for example. Right? Oh, I yeah. To a, uh, I was introduced to someone by, by a mutual friend and had coffee with them, and they um, run like a crypto news site. It's a it's a high quality news site, but but it's in the crypto space. They haven't been around very long. And so in the last few trust updates, they basically have fallen off two cliffs, right? Google just, just wiped them out. And, you know, the guy was telling me, hey, basically, we, you know, we license our content to, uh, I can't remember, like Bloomberg. It's not Wall Street Journal, but it's like Bloomberg and maybe it's CNET, somebody like that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, look, every time we license them, even though they link back to us, they rank first because we're in finance. And so Google okay. thinks... Let's put the trustworthy site up there. There you go. That's that's Barnacle SEO 101. You take your content, you license it to someone who can actually rank for it because they have the trusted brand in the space. Yep. Yep. It, it's a very different kind of SEO, but it works, right? You can yeah. get the information that you want out there. You can still get a lot of the benefit. You just totally. don't have it happening on your website. Totally. And 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 I think that that these 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 types of changes based on industry, these types of disruptions, we're gonna see it continue to happen. We've moved beyond keywords and links. If you still think of SEO as keywords, keywords and links within remotely close in the last two years. Yeah, I mean, it's keywords time, and so. links and 20 other things, right? There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, when you talk about the accuracy and comprehensiveness, I mean, played well right into what I was thinking is that that what, what does it mean as a, a future... I guess the future of search or, or the future as your job as an SEO. I think we, we very much at Black Trek say, you know, really what we've become, I would say, is a psychologist of the web. That's really what our, our goal is, is it's not just what that person is searching for, but we need to help determine why and then make sure that, that everything aligns with the why. And it's not like creative why message either, right? It's very much, why is this person searching for what it is that they're trying to seek an answer for? And are we providing them with the best possible answer that we can? So, I, I mean, and in, in a lot of cases, this goes to much bigger than marketing strategy. This goes to product strategy and company strategy. Right? Yeah. Why yeah. do we exist? Mm-hmm. How do we keep existing? What's our competitive advantage? What are we providing to people that's, that's better? I, I don't know if you saw, I thought this was the perfect sort of example of this, but, but TripAdvisor is basically recognizing that Google is cannibalizing a tremendous amount of traffic that used to flow to TripAdvisor. And so their response has been, we need to build a loyalty program. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Essentially, where when you come to TripAdvisor and you book through us and when you uh, leave reviews with us and when you use our website, you start to accrue some credit and you can spend that towards you know, free vacations or a meal or a hotel stay or those kinds of things. Right. How do that's a great way to build lo- build loyalty. That's a different kind of business than just, oh, we're an information portal. People Google TripAdvisor ranks. They come to our site and then. Hey, we get it. You know, we can do a bunch of bookings through that and we get money that way. You got to change your model, right? The model has to be, how do we become the destination that people want to go to so that, so that they Google, you know, whatever it is, uh, hotels in Bologna. Oh, I should go to TripAdvisor for this. I, I sh- that's how, that's where I get my points. I try. Yeah. Go over there. yeah. And, 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 and I agree a hundred percent is that if we use the, the hotel example, I, I touched on before and we're basically talking about the same vertical, right? Travel is that if you are a hotel and, and you're featured in, in Google hotels and, and I have zero, um, I have zero loyalty, uh, zero brand loyalty. Um, I'm coming in from out of town. I'm, I'm simply just looking for, you know, this star rating cheapest, whatever, uh, where the rack rate is at the time, um, is, I, I would question to that brand. I would say, well, do you really want to enter the race to the bottom? You know, if you're a Hyatt or Hilton, uh, Marriott, you all have different, uh, you have different properties or different brands within the umbrella that kind of compete at all of these different levels. Well, ultimately, some of those are just a race to the bottom in that feature. Yes. Whereas, whereas the going back to the um, SEO as brand concept is, is is ultimately I need to I need to create loyalty through this for what I'm doing. I I need to be. that, That probably means you have to do something experiential with your hotel. Right. Either either you're just race to the bottom where the you know where the cheapest place you just compete at that at that game, or you find a way, right? You you recognize, oh, hotel customers who stay more, you know, who have more than five hotel nights a year that they're staying, they want or need or really appreciate or would be happy to pay extra for X. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you can answer what X is and deliver it better than your competitors you've got a winning business. And yeah. if not, yeah, you're going to be playing the race to the bottom game in, in PPC. I don't think anybody wants that. I, I, to, to be honest, I, I would strongly prefer not to be Hyatt or Hilton or Marriott or you know whatever right now. I would want to play the boutique game. Yeah. Right? That is the, one, I, one, I think that's 100%. where a lot of opportunity lies. I think that's where you can build a lot of you know brand loyalty and reputation and word of mouth. And I think that's how you um, you know you being special is more important than ever because you need some way to stand out to people. I think it's it's really really tough to say, oh, I don't want a Hampton Inn. I want a Days Inn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and you might be onto something that, that perhaps even in that type of scenario, the, the uh, individuals who focus very intently on local SEO have a little bit of a leg up. And, and, yeah. and, and certainly when you're talking about, you know, boutique type uh, hotels um, or um, bed and breakfasts and things like that is very experiential driven, but you could apply that same concept to, to any brand. If you look at, right. I'm a physical brick and mortar store boy, okay, if I asked you, Rand, what, what, makes, what makes our surf shop stand out? You're, you know, yes. you say, hey, when you come in, it's, it's much more than smiling faces. We're, we're a concierge for your surf experience, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. You know, the, the digital marketer needs to be able to say, okay, great. Um, how do I replicate that and recreate that online? Uh, yeah, how, do I, how do I seamlessly make that happen online? Because what you see online is your first experience with my brand in a lot of cases. Then I mean, walking back to this. Yeah. 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 Going back to our rights our you know, if our surf shop just has basic, you know, article after article or our regular like blog series. Right. And we're like, oh, yeah, best places to surf. And oh, let's go after this keyword. Let's go over that keyword. As opposed to, hey, do you think we could build an API to the European Weather Service and the Stormwatch system and then have a. Uh, an, uh, a, an updated tool that, you know, hour by hour shows you where surf conditions are going to be best and then predicts it year over year and then has a has that trended month over month. And then we show you 
sort of the uh, high season, low season, where are the best destinations based on what we think is going to happen with the weather. And if you're, yeah. if you're chasing waves right now, where should you uh, make your route go? Whoa, that's a, that's a freaking product. Yeah. Right? That's the kind of service. Like I will always come to your website. I'm not, I'm not going to Google. Google mm-hmm. will never give me all that. Right. Right. I'm going to your surf website. That's right. Again and again, because that's how I, track my you know uh behavior that's how that's how i figure out where i'm going to go surfing think think beyond the traditional what we we used to know as the webcam right the webcam only helps right now it doesn't help to sell me five days in advance and book my weekend right yeah no 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 really 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 good stuff um hey i want to be respectful of your time and and everybody's time listening to this um so kind of as a as a as a wrap-up here kind of come full circle so Zero click searches, yeah. we know, even with your, your blog post today, it's going to continue to grow, um, you know, much beyond what it is now. Google is not afraid of disrupting themselves, even their own ad units. So yeah. marketers be on the lookout for these things to continuously change. Um, your, your point, um, start to look at some different ways in which, and tools in which you can start to notice these things and report on them. At, at any level. That's absolutely right. And then I think I think the other thing that I would really urge people to do right now is to, when you have uh, stories and experiences about Google sort of, you know, um, taking your traffic, reducing it massively, showing, publish it. Yeah. Publish it. There has never been, there has never been a better time to get the attention of powerful people who can influence policy and who need examples like all of yours, like all of ours, in order to make good decisions about uh, the future, yeah. right? And I, th- I think showing, showing examples of, hey, Google did this and it really harmed us because of X, or Google did this and it looks like it harmed us, but only in terms of traffic. In terms of conversions, we actually did great. I, I think stories like those need to be out in the public. We need a lot more case studies and examples. And you know, as, as evidence from the, from some of the stuff that I've written, right. It wasn't, these are, I went in Excel, I made a couple charts, right. I put them on my blog. Like this was nothing fancy and boom, right. That, that is influencing uh, public policy. So I, I really urge folks to do that. I think that it can make a big difference. The, the genius example is another one, right. They published this thing with the wall street journal and Google changed its behavior. Every lyric search now has attribution. It tells you where it comes from. I think that is a huge win, just a huge win for every kind of marketer, every content creator. I think Google's going to be more careful about attribution in the future as a result of this. So you've got to tell these stories. It it really can make a difference. Absolutely. Awesome. I I really appreciate your time, Rand, today for uh, coming on to the redirect and uh, and sharing more insights on on the things that you've been most passionate about and making change and and kind of helping uh, search be a better place. So so I really thank you for, for that. My pleasure, Jason. Thank you for having me, dude. Yeah, Take thank care. you. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.